Vibrations Podcast, Part 29, Jill Marshall. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman, and this is my bi-weekly podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moiwo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So, what's been happening at the shop over the past couple of weeks? On Saturday the 3rd of July, we had our second Tiny Desk gig of the year, thanks to Ryan McManamy and Will James. They gave a storming one-hour set of their own brand of alt-rock and indie covers. It was broadcast live on Facebook and is now available on our YouTube channel, Live at Vibe HK. Subscribers are very welcome. If you're interested in performing a Tiny Desk gig at Vibe one Saturday, then please contact me on the usual channels or come and see me at Vibe on a Tuesday, Friday or Saturday. As I mentioned in my last podcast, Ginger and Tiger, two of the very famous Hong Kong canto pop band Mirror, filmed at the shop recently and it was aired on VIEW TV two weeks ago. Since that time, we've welcomed 10 to 15 Mirror fans to the shop every single day to have their photos taken with the signed limited edition CD box set which I was given by the band of 12 Popsters. You can watch Mirror on their YouTube channel of the same name, along with the other 162,000 subscribers, 6,000 of which have now been in contact with us at Vibe via Facebook. The Vibe version 2.0 reboot is ongoing with new stock appearing all the time and a cleaner, more organised shop. Many thanks to Eslyn Terragina of Tales Animal Rescue fame. We still have one more trick up our sleeve, which will be a UK-themed chill-out room. More on that in future podcasts. The England football team made their first appearance in a final since 1966, which I can barely remember. I'd gotten used to waking up at 3am to watch all our qualifying games. However, the last kick of the game saw England as runners-up to Italy in the Euro 2020 final. Hugely disappointing, but next year is the World Cup and I'm an eternal optimist. So, more hurt to come then. And so to this week's interview, the third of our three Scotland Connected interviews. Jill Marshall is the owner of Paws Pilates Studio and Healing Centre in Moiwo, where she is a long-term resident. She is herself a Pilates instructor and has been sharing this work with people for over 20 years. She is also a yoga and Nia teacher. Nia is spelt N-I-A and is another form of movement training which is fun and uplifting for people. She is a student of hypnotherapy and is a Reiki master and practices other healing modalities such as the body talk technique. These are available at her studio along with many other classes with other local professionals, she teams up to bring healthy living to the Lantau community and to Hong Kong residents through her popular Healthy Day Retreats. She set up the studio and later Pause Cafe. Pause is both a statement and a place for people to slow down to avoid the burnout effects of stress. She was raised in Hong Kong by her Scottish parents but was born in London where she lived for the first seven years. She loves learning new skills and is fascinated by the human mind and body complex. She thinks being a mum is a privilege and loves her daughter Chloe, who she raised on Lantau. Her area of expertise is an improving posture for optimal physical function and teaching about core activation to all populations to relieve or prevent joint pain. 
in particular back pain using the techniques she has studied and the Pilates equipment at her studio. She specialises in working with women during and after pregnancy and during menopause. Welcome to Vibe Jill. Thanks Gary, great to be here. And as we do, we'll go straight into the 10 questions. Okay. So the first question is, favourite book or author? Uh, I'm going to go with Rohinton Mystery, um, A Fine Balance. Favourite musical artist? I'm torn between Madonna and Pink Floyd, um, but I'm going to go with Pink Floyd. And do you have a preferred drink? Um, I do. My favourite drink in the whole wide world is a really good chai. Tea. Any particular yeah. sort of brand or that you use or well, or that you sell in pores maybe, I don't know. No, we're working on how to make a good chai in bulk. Okay. So yeah. my favourite chai in the world is made by my yoga teacher. Okay. And um, and I guess in India you get the real deal. Right yeah. Well. But, you know, it's getting the balance of all the spices that are in there, right? Yeah. And the quantity of the milk and the tea. But, yeah, a good chai is not to be missed unbeatable good mm, yeah all right nice choice do you have a life motto um i think my life motto is to trust myself and follow my heart and i think that's exactly what you're doing with pause isn't it that's it what is. it seems to be yeah it is definitely following my passion good do you have a favorite hong kong walk um i love the walk from tong chung to Tayo. that's my favorite oh yeah yeah that's coast, a nice one beautiful beaches yeah Okay, uh, do you have a favourite Hong Kong restaurant? I don't actually have a favourite Hong Kong restaurant. Too many to choose from. I used to love Lucy's and Stanley. I wonder if that's still there. Lucy's and Stanley was was wonderful and my whole family loved it, so we'd always go there for birthdays. Faced with a python while walking up to the peak, mm -hmm. what would you do? Snakes is my biggest phobia, as is many is for many people. That Yeah, mine too. Um, yeah. I can't imagine. I think I would freeze. But yeah. the truth is I'd probably just run away as fast as I can. Yeah, yeah. What was the best advice you were ever given? To never give up um, because anything mm. is possible. But another one that someone said to me is, see life as art. And I love that. Sometimes I just look around as if I'm in a gallery. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very interesting one, actually. Finish this sentence. I live in Hong Kong because... I live in Hong Kong because I love it, it's amazing, yeah. and um, that's my choice to stay here, but originally I came to Hong Kong because my family moved here. Right. So it wasn't originally my choice, but of course now it is, and it's just, you know, it's a vibrant city, it's all my history and memories from childhood are here, and uh, yeah, I just love it. Yeah, you see it as home. I do. What's your favourite area of Hong Kong? At one point, I was a freelance English teacher, and I went to these schools in all different areas of Hong Kong that yeah. I hadn't actually necessarily been to before um, growing up here. Um, I don't know. I love some of the parts of Kowloon, Kowloon City. Um, absolute yeah. favourite, though, still has to be Moi Wo. <laughs> what brought you to Hong Kong in the first place, and, and when was that? In 1980. My parents packed up from London and yeah. my dad got a job with the government um, here in the legal department. Okay. Um, so myself, my sister and my younger brother all came over with my parents and um, started off living for about six months in the Hong Kong Hotel at the time in Tim Sa Choi. And we moved over to Old Peak Road, raised in the mid-levels and, um, you know, very different than our... My memories of childhood is the house in London and then from age seven it was, you know, living in a tower block. Whereabouts did you live in London, first of all? Um, near Kentish Town, Tufnell Park. 
the smells, the heat. Did it hit you? Did you realise the difference? Um, I think I did realise the difference, yeah. I think um, we started at primary school eventually at, on the peak. And right. so our trip would take us on the Star Ferry, followed by the peak tram. Oh, sounds like a short walk. Yeah, so, you know, that's the completely different world. You know, I think in London we usually walked, you know, we had the local school. We yes. just walked to school. So, yeah, getting all these different forms of transport. And, you know, I always remember the... the um, for some reason, we always took the lower deck of the Star Ferry. It's got very yeah. distinct sounds and smells. Yes, it's got that rumbling of yeah. the of the thing and a very sort of oily, oily smell, yeah. hasn't it? How cool to go to school on the Star Ferry. <laughs> and the peak tram. <laughs> and the peak tram, for goodness sake. As and a then, form of transport. Yeah. You mentioned your parents were Scottish. Yeah. Um, so whereabouts in Scotland were they from? They're from Glasgow, but they'd already lived in London for about eight years before I was born. Yeah. So they... Uh, so we would only go to Scotland to see my grandparents and there was only one yeah. set of grandparents so we would always go to Ayrshire to the coast to my granny's house nice um, and uh, yeah and then we lived in London yeah and um, so neither of them actually have very strong Scottish accent unless they're in Scotland when it yes. comes flooding back alright so you find yourself in Hong Kong mm. seven years old you go to school uh, you work through the school system no doubt and you pop out around, what, 18, 20 years old. What do you do then? Uh, so my first sort of experiences was of waitressing in Lang Kui Fong and Wan Chai and TST. Oh, really? Yeah, so after school, I didn't go straight away to um, UK for education, but I stayed in Hong Kong and um, okay. worked first yes. in F&B. I love F&B. I love food, yeah. and uh, yeah, so that was great. Yes. And then yeah. I was aware that all my friends were slightly, all my friends from school who had gone away when they came back were slightly, I don't know, evolved in a different way. Yes. From their experiences. Yeah. So eventually I went to UK and I, okay. um, yeah, I lived a little bit in Bristol and then in Leeds. Um, and that was also interesting going back to UK, feeling a bit of a stranger in my original home. Yeah. And, you know, learning more about it and also living in the south and then living in the north and yeah getting that's stark enough as it is isn't it yeah. yeah south of england versus north but to plonk in the middle of that your hong kong life so what age were you when you went back to the uk uh so i must have been 20 yeah 20 when i went back and yeah. then i came back here um when i was pregnant with my daughter chloe oh who's right also a local resident yes so was she born here she then was born here just i was pregnant in uk and i came here to have her Brilliant. mostly because i wanted to my parents near me ah uh, so nice I came home what happened next uh so then i became a mum and um the gift that is um i eventually um, I was very lucky because I lived at my parents' house when I had Chloe, so we were surrounded by constant resources, love, uh, support, basically. Yeah. So that was very lucky, and we stayed living at home for some time, first three years of her life, uh, maybe four years of her life was at home. Yeah. And then, um, but within that time, I started to work. I worked as a um, publisher, in uh, as an editor in the English language material at Oxford University Press. Okay. So I started off doing that. I'd actually approached them because I wanted to work in more in the art and design team, but I didn't have Chinese language, unfortunately, as a um, requirement. Yeah. So they put they asked me if I wanted to work in editing. And then it wasn't too long before the uh, my boss was like, if you do the English language training and become an English language teacher, you can get a promotion. So yeah. I was like, mm, sure. 
however after I did that training I was like whoa I don't need to work in an office I can go and teach so then yes. I moved into teaching once yeah. I'd learned how to teach it was one of the most valuable lessons ever you know learning yes. how people learn and that interaction I mean it was so challenging for me at the time and I was so shy and underconfident at that stage in my life that I just didn't even know how I would possibly pass this, you know, being yeah. out at the front of the classroom, leading a classroom. I didn't have it in my life that I was a leader. So, you know, it was a big challenge. Yes. However, picking up those skills and then, you know, moving into teaching uh, really gave me a lot of my foundations. And then after I'd been doing that for a few years, teaching English, I, um, I'd really honed the teaching skill, but I realized that my passion wasn't teaching English. Right. Um, so then I looked for... Uh, I was in a. I was working in an English language centre, and I was. I knew though that my days were numbered. That I wanted to look for something else, and it was then that my mum was like, "Hey, why don't you come to my Pilates class? Uh, Pilates? What is that?" Yeah. And so you know, my mum was sixty at the time, and I did notice that she looked distinctly, I don't know, trimmer, fitter, better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she took me to her Pilates class, and I. Uh, where was her Pilates class? Where? Where? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she was a member of the golf club, so she was yes. going off twice a week. Yeah. To her Pilates class. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she invited me, and then you know, and it was the first time I'd done a form of exercise where I was like completely engaged the whole time. I wasn't bored. I enjoyed it. I mean, prior to that, I must say, I do like swimming and I did like yeah. yoga that I'd also done previously with my mum, but not enough to hook me. But this yes. was like love at first sight. Right. Okay. So that's that, that set you off on the on the path that you're on now, really. Mm, it did. W when was that? Are we talking about sort of mm. 1990s, late 90s yep. by this time? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I did my Pilates teacher training. Soon after that first class, there happened to be a training in Hong Kong that I took. And yeah. um, that was in, I think that was completed in 2000. So today you're a fully trained Pilates and yoga teacher? Yeah, that's right. Then what are your first moves then into mm. setting up uh, setting up a business, I guess? Yeah, so that was another big step. Um, so the yoga came later, but at this point I was, uh, you know, qualified in teaching English and Pilates. And um, I also had a permanent ID card, so that meant I didn't have yes, to... Yes, gold. Yes, gold, yeah. gold. And by this point, my confidence has grown as a teacher. Uh, yes. And I've just switched field. Um, I'm not confident yet, particularly necessarily in human movement and posture, but I have an appetite and I'm passionate. Yes. So off I go and I, you know, uh, start doing one-to-ones at people's homes. Luckily got a yeah. small article in the SCMP, which... Um, fortunate to have that and I yes. got clients yeah. I was just doing home visits so low overheads but you know I started to look at it from a business perspective and then eventually I um, got some premises in central and I set up yeah. a studio because the Pilates I was trained in uses some equipment Pilates equipment a man called Joseph Pilates set up um, created the system himself right. for the human body for posture based on his own illness really he wasn't okay. well so he took it upon himself to um, yeah. look for ways to self-heal and in the process helped others and then he developed some equipment which he worked out using springs to create resistance right rather than okay. weight so yeah. I was doing that in Central and then I was living in Lantau yeah I don't know at what point it became a, a dream to have a studio on Lantau but I remember wanting it for a while before it happened and then 
you know, like sometimes, like like often in life, it happens all suddenly, spontaneously. You know, yeah. I walked past the um, antique shop that I'd walked past a million other times, saw it was empty, phoned my friend's mum, who I know lives a uh, local Chinese lady that lives here for many years and and also has had properties herself. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I know the owner. It's just on the market. You know, it just oh, happened wow. very quickly, and I couldn't fathom doing this on my own, but. I don't know if you remember, there was a wonderful yoga teacher here called Dougal Meacham. I he don't. He left a while ago. But yeah. anyway, we joined forces. At that time, yeah. I was Pilates, not yet yoga. But okay. I was yoga in training. And he was an amazing yoga teacher. Yeah. And so we joined forces. And oh, wow. you know, we pretty much looked at the premises and took it straight away. Which is where you are now, yes, is it? Yes. On the corner by the resort. Yeah. And yeah. you know, when we first went in, I mean, it was okay. almost heartbreaking to tear it out to put in a studio because it had all the walls with the little boxes oh with yes. a little ring oh open. if i'd been open then i would have shipped all <laughs> yeah, that down I here know, we I could know. Have, yeah <laughs> yeah i have to let go the past is in the past yeah but absolutely like, yeah gosh, if i could have preserved yeah it. no needs must <laughs> I, I understand yeah. okay so that would have been what around I'm 2010 thinking, now yeah, 2011 i yes, think exactly. i remember you opening there yeah. I think it's 2011, um, yeah. 2011, from that point, Paul's Cafe pops up. Yep, again, <laughs> vision I had long before it actually came yes. into existence. Yeah, you know when I said earlier I waitressed, I actually, yes. my first job was waitressing in an Indian restaurant, and, you know, I have this strong um, connection with India, like you said about Hong Kong yes. before when we were yeah. Uh, that sometimes you just have this like invisible thread to a place. It just and, clicks, yeah. yeah. So I wait. Uh, so I went to India, fell in love with India, came back to Hong Kong, got a job in an Indian restaurant, and then no surprise later that I would love yoga and Indian philosophy. Yeah. But um, so you know, yeah. I always I love, just love food. That comes from my family as well. We're all yes. foodies. So yeah. And then I love health food and being healthy. Right. I've I've been very unhealthy and I've been okay. very overweight in my life in right. the past. So I've had this experience of using food and exercise to moderate to balance, balance yeah. Yeah, my well being, you know. Yeah. And I've I know what it's like to be very unhealthy and, and also mentally unhealthy and Yeah, know, because it goes had, hand in hand, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you know, I've I've mm. myself had bouts of depression in my life. So, you know, um, yeah. using food and food as medicine and movement as medicine is really you know actually when you ask yeah. me my life motto or whatever it should yes. be that yeah. food, food as medicine movement as medicine so anyway it was a dream to have a place yes. and I know I, I know that in Lantau at that time there wasn't anything like it as well no so from a business perspective not. it you know it could work in that way but yeah but you know, I had tried to do something small in the studio, within the studio, but it wasn't. I knew there were licensing rules and stuff, and it wasn't really yeah. going to be uh, my real vision. So, you know, and I just loved the building. Um, yeah. So I don't know for listeners if they would know, but it's a beautiful old building. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. Really a her- heritage and. Um, well, I remember when when it was sort of a. It, at one stage, it was boarded up for many years. They're like old hutongs in a way, mm, aren't yes. they? With that sort of loft space, cock loft in them, nice tall. And it seemed forever that they were derelict. And then all of a sudden, they seemed to gut them and do the right thing, I yeah. felt. Yeah. They whitewashed them and they were just such a fabulous little parade of yeah. of shops in like a little, lovely, quiet, leafy part of Moiwo opposite the playground. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful right spot. Right the beach and the banyan tree. Yeah, yeah and the banyan tree, yeah. yes. How old is that? Yeah. 150 years maybe? Yeah, let's find out. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So you that location is, is brilliant and I 
seems to me I talk to a lot of people come into the shop here we talk about Paws Cafe and everybody has praise for it yes it has a very good reputation yeah that makes me so happy yeah it really does I mean people say it's such a nice relaxing space the food and drink is good and um, you know they enjoy it and I've been there and I enjoy it as well it's um well, thank yeah. you. It's a real labour of love, and it's a family business as well. So um, yeah, you know, I knew I, I had the vision. I didn't have the vision of how it would happen. You know, I knew I wanted to have something where you could relax, peace of mind, peaceful space with good food, healthy, yeah, um, and you know, fresh ingredients. I knew that, but I just didn't know how to get that. Yeah, <laughs> how to yeah. Do it. I had no yeah. idea, no idea how I was going to do this. Yeah, and then in the end, at at some point along the journey, my brother and my daughter and her boyfriend got involved and ah, really it's okay. my daughter who and and the team it's the whole team the you know the yeah. chef and the staff the whole it's it's lovely it's a family atmosphere i mean yes blood relatives and and our friendly family yeah yeah so i would say we have pause studio or pause pilates studio with yoga we also have a lot of dance yeah. and movement so we have sort of a dance floor and uh, also healing center, I would say, because we have uh, yes. guest practitioners. Where myself, I'm actually a Reiki practitioner as well, but um, more, I would say, guest practitioners in the healing realm, like craniosacral and the Ayurvedic doctor. For now, we're using the multi-purpose space of the studio um, yeah. by the river on the other side, where you know we can have it as a fully equipped Pilates studio. We can have groups or small um, small groups or um, one-to-one. Yeah. Um, and then the way I have it, um, the way the number of pieces of equipment I have, the way I can pack it away is quite um, impressive. So yes. that there's still a, enough for a small group of dancers or um, yoga class, yoga mats, you know, yoga yeah. or um, meditation. Do you have a, a format that you, let, let's take a sort of typical week at, at pause. We, we have something every morning right. and a few weeknights and then weekends um, yeah. we have activities. We've started doing day retreats on the weekends, mostly on Saturdays, actually to help people from the city have the opportunity to come to Lantau and have a, well, you know, the name pause is, is just perfect. I mean, yeah, you know, so they can come over and they don't have to think, they'll have a whole day of activities at the studio, a variety between ah, very good. meditation, yeah. And then we go to the cafe, have lunch, and then they come ah. back to the studio and finish off with maybe a guided hypnotherapy right. meditation. So anyway, they have this full pack day of healing yeah, at the studio. Nice. And that's the a Saturday? Yeah, or? not every Saturday right yeah. now. We're just testing it out. So it'll be monthly, maybe twice a month, and then maybe eventually it'll be every weekend. Yeah. So it would yeah. be like, you know, so people could book as they would do a spa day you yes. know, as they do in the hotels over in TST and Hong Kong side yeah. they could have an island a Lantau Island yeah. spa day equivalent with pause yeah it's going it's going well the feedback's great you know Good. you don't have to think about anything and we have such great practitioners how would you structure or how do you structure those days how do you start first thing and how do you go through the day how long mm. is a day uh, so we've experimented with a few and the first one we had two activities lunch and then two activities and we make the activities um, fit around that so we'd start off with like a healing yoga get grounded arrive in the session a little bit of chat get to know each other and then we'd have a more of a moving session maybe a dance with breathing okay something like that yeah. something a bit unusual as well right um, 
and then we'll break for lunch and um, we found that lunch wasn't long enough <laughs> I gave 90 <laughs> minutes but it wasn't enough we needed more because everyone enjoyed chatting yes and getting to know each other yeah then, it's all part of it isn't yeah it? and then there's a new connection and you know yeah you've already chilled out enough and you've really in the day by then so then yeah. in the afternoon we come back and we'd have two more activities um, and um, one more active not as active as before lunch as we digest yes and then finish with a meditation a guided hypno meditation very powerful okay um, and then and then the second one we did we had five activities so we added on something else yeah um, you know maybe even as simple as like sitting in a circle weaving together like ah. a moving meditation dancing right. um, so dancing would be a bit more active yes. learning about the breath using the breath to calm the nervous system yoga there's so many styles of yoga so you know on a day retreat it may be a very relaxing one or maybe yet yeah a little bit more vigorous you know i work a lot actually a lot with people with joint pain mostly backs but also could be knees or uh, hips wherever mm. but um that's in the pilates world that's you know in that realm of my work i do work with a lot of physical ailments okay and you you mentioned something there hypnotherapy mm. what does that involve how long does that take? <laughs> um, so I've personally, actually, I love hypnotherapy. I've had hypnotherapy sessions for myself to yeah. quit smoking and also around my phobia of snakes. Um, well, that's two I need straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. Yes. Yeah. I work with a few hypnotherapists, actually, and I'm in training myself um, because I love it. I think it's yeah. amazing. All it involves for you is to lie down and, um, well, usually lie down. Uh, or sit in a comfy chair and yes. let your body relax and that's actually all you have to do um, okay. it definitely helps if you believe that your subconscious is powerful and can be spoken to yes okay it helps all right um with the result if you have less resistance um often people who like to be in control of everything find it a little harder but how to let go yeah. of it, it definitely still yeah. would work but you may need more sessions um i believe but not necessarily uh do you I, give these sessions I, or? I don't i'm training yeah. i've just yeah. started my training because yeah. i i think it's uh something i'm, t I'm actually training because i'm just really interested in it I yeah don't know if i would ever become a hypnotherapist as a practitioner or not but i work with um three hypnotherapists yeah and um they all have a different style um but they all get the great results it's looking at the root right it's going to the root of the problem yeah and um even with the body work i do teaching pilates you know it's like it's like looking for a needle in the haystack what caused that sore knee or whatever um, yeah you know we don't always know the root but using hypnotherapy i think you can often get to the root cause of the problem very easily and it doesn't take any effort from the patient it strikes me that there's probably a whole list of things that we can book pause for yeah and you will either put us in touch with the right people to use on your premises or you directly yourself mm -hmm. provide those services so pause is a space or a, a place where people can access these various modalities so in that sense i feel like i'm almost a uh, you know, pause is almost like a health solutions yeah and that i'm almost like an agent for my practitioners yeah in some in some sense yeah yes so you can go to the website and book from our menu of 
options. Right, um, okay. I'm, you know, I'm just so lucky to be able to collaborate with those people. It is through PAUSE. We have got it set up as a business so that it's through PAUSE website that you can access these practices and practitioners. What's the so PAUSE website? It's um, PAUSE.HK. Can't be that hard, can it? You've got <laughs> Vibe HK and you've got PAUSE.HK. Yeah. Gotcha. I think you're also on Facebook as well, similar yeah. gig. Yep, we are. We're yep. on Facebook. Um, to to book um, classes and sessions, um, people head to the website for classes. And yeah. also um, to make a booking, they can email from the website. There'll be a form. They can book through that. Or right. often people just contact us by phone. Yeah. And the phone number's on the website. Okay. Mm. Brilliant. And I guess they can just go to the cafe, have a cup of coffee, decide to change their life or cure a problem and ask your daughter uh, yeah. or brother put me in touch with uh with pause yeah that's a nice synergy that you know was always part of my vision was that the um that they'd support each other naturally that people yes. who go to that cafe would also be interested in what's over the other side of the river and vice versa and that's just beautiful to see that actually happening i have had people come to classes and they're like yeah i was having a coffee saw yeah a little advert in the menu for the yoga class just one more thing because you asked me you said is there mainly these two things um you know the studio and the cafe and you know when I think about it it's like yeah there's the studio and the the healing center wellness part working with other people and the cafe and my own practice of course of teaching but also I just want to mention that we yeah. set up a charity as well okay and so when I think of it I think of pause in three parts one is the studio and all that goes there the cafe and then we set up a pause cause where we right. um, do some fundraising and use the funds um, 100% of the funding goes to um, providing studio practices like yoga and um, education around health and wellness for underprivileged populations. Um, oh. That's also just all on the website, but it's something okay, that's that nice. we started and, um, you know, the local community. So we would provide yoga for uh, Love 21 Foundation, the Hong Kong Society for the Protection of Children, um, Hong Kong Migrant Workers, um, uh, Maggie Center, which works with cancer, you okay. know, all the people that are already set up, we just yeah. provide services for them. Okay, nice. And we pay the teacher out of our funding. Very good, very noble. I think that's a fantastic thing, and that's all about the community thing that we try and do here in Moi Wow. I think it just remains for me to say, Jill, thank you very much for coming. Oh, Gary, thank you so much for inviting me. I love it here in your bookshop. It's just you know it's just so serene it's been a perfect pause for myself today to be with you you can listen to all our vibrations podcasts published on spotify google podcasts apple podcasts podbean amazon music TuneIn and alexa stitcher listen notes player fm soundcloud and a few others or you can watch on our youtube channel under live at vibe hk or follow the links from my website at vibehk.com our opening and closing music is from my good mate in tong fuk on lantau island pete millwood it's called green island dub by celestial and is on the retrospect vinyl album on sale at vibe finally a reminder that vibe is open seven days a week every day of the year from 12 noon until approximately 6 30 pm well that's it for another week Thanks for listening to the 29th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it?
Afraid it would disappear before they could touch it. 